This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. The Federal Reserve's decision to raise interest rates three-quarters of a percentage point is not a surprise to the grain trade. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson said rising interest rates will keep some upward pressure on the U.S. dollar. going to keep that dollar strong, but uh, you know, the stock market... Since that announcement's actually firmed up a little bit, I think it's kind of a relief rally. They did raise three-quarters of a percent. That was well advertised. Uh, the bonds are bouncing a little bit. The dollar's up a little bit, but not near as high as it was earlier today. But uh, it's going to be hard to get that dollar back down with, with the environment of, of rising rates that we have in this country. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the outside markets were a big weight on the grain markets this week. Outside markets, crude oil goes nine dollars, uh, you know, a barrel down. Diesel fuel goes down nineteen cents. So those were petro grains really uh, pushed the market to the downside in here. But uh, you know, the wheat market, it is some harvest pressure uh, uh, in the U.S. and around the world. But also, again, uh, you know, the same thing popped up: Russia, Turkey. Uh, statements out of them talking about they're working on a Ukraine export corridor. Um, we've heard that one before. Well, traders were taking a pretty cautious approach going into the three-day holiday weekend. Advanced Trading Ag Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grassoffi said traders did not want to be caught short going into the weekend. We want to not be putting something on the grill saying, why did I go home with this position? If you take a big position home for the weekend, it tends to consume you. Uh, right, wrong, and different. You'll start searching social media for people to uh, make your view look better, and that's just not what I want to do with my weekend. And Bauer Trading President Jim Bauer said it's very easy to get caught up in all of the market volatility that we've seen this week and forget you're marketing the grain. What happens is a lot of the farm ranch people, they get so overwhelmed with the production side and the, and the physical side of the market they forget about the long-term reaches that the market has to go to in order to ration out demand and, you know, keep the buyers in there looking for them. But, again, if they did try that little drill, when they first get up, is ask yourself, is the crop getting bigger or is it getting smaller? And I think that's something that on a real, really inexpensive way to kind of remind yourself to pay attention to marketing plans. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback said the grains uh, were taking a bit of a breather here this week, waiting for the June 30th crop report. And the livestock markets were firmer on that pause in the grains. It's because the grains have taken a break, and and the meats want to come back on. But the thing in the meats is, especially hogs, we got to see a resumption and, and and continuation of export markets. That's been the hard and sold of some of the bullish markets. And sometimes we get false signals, and I think everybody's thinking that China is not going to be as aggressive buyer, but we're starting to see some purchases by other. Asian countries, so that's helpful. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strauman uh, said the sluggish grain market also allowed strength in the livestock markets. You know, we're having uh, some decent gains in the live cattle. Uh, you know, the the cash was up this week, two to four dollars. Even some sharply higher cash being reported in areas. You've got the hot and dry weather, uh, especially the heat. Again, is certainly going to lower weights and and uh, the possibility of uh, some additional death losses, and, and that, uh, again, takes some cattle off the market. Uh, and record uh, exports, uh, you know, a record, uh, our exports continue to run at a record pace, and I think that provides some support. And that's a look at markets. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Farming can be a frustrating business at times. Even when commodity prices are looking pretty good, 
A storm can roll through and ruin your ability to make a profit. Thankfully, you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Our insurance specialists will work with you to find the right coverage for your acres. To get started, turn to the experts in every field by contacting your local Egg Country office. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The Federal Reserve will increase interest rates three quarters of a percentage point. Fed Chair Jerome Powell says ongoing increases in the rate are anticipated this year. We anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate. The pace of those changes will continue to depend on the incoming data and the evolving outlook for the economy. Clearly, 75 basis point increase is an unusually large one, and I do not expect moves of this size to be common. From the perspective of today, either a 50 basis point or a 75 basis point increase seems most likely at our next meeting. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack went to New York City this week to talk global food security with the United Nations. Vilsack said the world's awareness of global food security is increasing due to supply chain disruptions, climate and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Turkish officials continue their negotiations with Russia on how to reopen ports. Vilsack said it's good those serious negotiations are taking place. We believe that uh, and are, are uh, confident that the Secretary General uh, is using uh, his office and using his good graces uh, in a very uh, concerted, sincere way. The Turkish uh, representatives to these negotiations, I think, is, is uh, certainly proceeding with the level of seriousness that is necessary. I, I, I would just simply hope that the Russians take this thing as seriously and that they're not uh, just doing this to create a, a, an image. We shouldn't be using food as a weapon. Roman Grinishin is in North Dakota this week generating support to rebuild rule Ukraine. Ukraine does not support this concept. Grinishin says Russia can't be trusted. For Ukraine, it is extremely dangerous to allow ports to open because we will not only lose the territory, but judging from the things that happened in Bucha, Irpin, and so on, the cities, the towns that don't want to give off, people get just massive massacres done in those areas. And Odessa is definitely not supportive of joining Odessa Oblast, I mean the whole region, not just the city, is against supporting uh, the idea of joining the Russia. On Thursday, President Biden signed the Ocean Shipping Reform Act into law. This law addresses long-standing supply chain and shipping port issues. Come together to solve real problems facing families. We can get a lot done. And I'm proud that we made it happen. Agricultural organizations are showing their support for this passage and hope to see implementation of this soon. Two weeks into the new Farm Service Agency Emergency Relief Program, crop farmers in the Northern Plains are receiving Phase 1 payments. As of earlier this week, FSA paid out $366 million to North Dakota farmers. More than $161 million is paid out in Minnesota. In South Dakota, more than $276 million is paid to qualifying farmers. Many Northern Plains farmers 
are finding this new disaster relief program easy to use with timely payments, but others are navigating hiccups in the program. The first hiccup surrounds tax issues and payment limits. Beyond the tax challenges, Groton Ag Partners crop insurance agent Carl Schwab is dealing with other things. The first thing we ran into is Farmers that had prevent plant claims in 2020, uh, in some cases, uh, loss adjusters put the date of loss in the fall of 2019 when the rains kind of started during harvest. And because that date of loss was outside of the window of the ERP, which is 2020 and 2021, uh, it'll you know, kicks those guys out of the phase one. For farmers who purchase supplemental or enhanced crop insurance coverage options, they'll have to wait until the second phase of ERP to get assistance. Farmers with questions on ERP should reach out to their local Farm Service Agency office. A potato variety developed at North Dakota State University is joining the list of potatoes approved to make McDonald's french fries. NDSU released Dakota Russet in 2012. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear two agriculture-based cases in October. The court said it would start its new term by hearing Sackett versus the United States. That hearing will happen October 3rd. The following week, the Supreme Court will hear arguments challenging California's Proposition 12. The Senate Agriculture Committee also hosted their second Farm Bill hearing of the year in Arkansas this week. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Hello, Shane with Irie Insurance. We are proud to announce our Benefits Connect platform. You will have more options with Irie Insurance Benefits Connect. You have choices. Do you know who your group agent is? Do you meet annually to review benefits? Would you like to save money? Would you like more benefits? You have choices. We take a different approach to providing benefits through education, communication, and a personal touch. To find out more about Irie Insurance, go to irieinsurance.com. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235. Brought to you by SRS Commodities, North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, and BASF, your partner for better dry bean solutions. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. For the first time in two and a half years, the U.S. Drought Monitor map shows no dryness across all of North Dakota. State climatologist Adnan Accused says two weeks ago, the state moved completely out of moderate drought status. North Dakota's widespread drought started creeping in May 19, 2020, and creeping back out with the April 11th blizzard from this year. The snowfall started and that was a progressive trickle down when it melted and became very beneficial, uh, saturating the soil. Um, and week after week, we started having precipitation in very significant amount. It is not 0 0.01, 0 0.02, but that, that was uh, between two to three inches every week uh, up until uh, last week. And, and last week, we, we, we had precipitation during the two-week period uh, up until yesterday. Still, three inches of rain fell in the southwestern corners of the state and the previous week, too. USDA currently has topsoil and subsoil moisture conditions for North Dakota at 93 to 94 percent adequate to surplus. Hot temperatures are in the forecast for the northern plains this weekend, but Accuse is not concerned that will change the dryness status too much. In a typical year, nitrate levels haven't varied much between the fall and spring of the year. NDSU Extension Soil Specialist Dave Franzen is seeing an unusual decline of nitrate content in soils. 
always in the past, always in my entire career and in others' career before that you can look up records. I've never, I've never seen a substantial decrease of nitrate from a fall soil test to in the spring, but I'm seeing it this year, at least in the eastern part of the state. And so that's important because uh, with the nitrogen recommendations, you subtract the soil test nitrate. And, and I think everybody was pretty happy because going into the spring, because last fall we had higher nitrate values than the normal. And so so the rate of nitrogen that people use was, was less. Spring rains across North Dakota greened up a lot of fields and pastures. North Dakota State University Extension Forage Crop Specialist James Rogers says the first cutting of alfalfa is getting close to ready. It's getting close. I anticipate that within the next two weeks or so we will begin to see quite a bit of alfalfa being harvested. The alfalfa that I've seen so far hasn't begun to bloom yet and we usually use that as an indicator of that first harvest yield quality compromise. What I have seen harvested so far has been some of our winter planted cool season annual grasses. I've seen a good bit of cereal rye that has been already harvested and rolled up into uh, round bales. And I think our producers that are going to be harvesting wheat, that's going to be coming up very soon. Crookston area farmer Elliot Solheim is finished planting, but it took some patience. Waiting for the ground the best we could to get a seed bed, but uh, we got everything in we wanted to. A little bit of crop mixing up at the end after the rain on uh, May 28th, but otherwise we got our windows and got her done, I guess. Husso crop consulting owner Mark Husso says farmers are finishing up canola, soybeans, and sunflowers. Weed management is next on the checklist. The weed pressure has been uh, higher than, than anticipated, but due to the wet conditions, no question, everything is growing. So we've had a few uh, hiccups here and there, uh, some weeds that, that got missed with pre-emerge applications. But uh, in general, we're able to fix most of those post-emerge. But due to the timing and constraints, some of the pre-emerge applications just didn't happen. But uh, we'll, be, we'll be chasing those right now this week and next week. And right now, we're starting with post-emerge applications in uh, wheat, corn, and canola. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Here with us today is BASF business representative Madison Machado. Madison, tell us more about Spherix fungicide from BASF. Spherix fungicide is a new product containing two of the most effective active ingredients for Fusarium head blight. Spherix will provide best-in-class scab protection and dawn suppression. Spherix will be labeled in wheat, durum, and barley. Apply Spherix at full spike in barley or early flowering in wheat at 7.3 ounces an acre for best-in-class disease protection. For more information, contact your local retailer or BASF representative. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. Informa came out this morning with their acreage estimates. Uh, they are actually looking at corn acres increasing. Kind of taking a breather this week. This week it doesn't really want to explode because we're at a very high level. And the market's waiting for these acreage reports. Numbers are available anywhere. But when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. 